Hello, this is Sasha. And this is Steven. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where a guest comes on to talk to us about an aspect of pop culture that they think is underrated, underappreciated, and just generally under... Liked. Mm, good, thank you. Will Hines is our guest today. He is a performer and teacher at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. He's been there since like 2000. Yes. He's acted in a handful, I'd say more than a handful of television shows. I'm editing this bio as I'm going along. Okay, whatever you want to do. Many of which were good. Yes. He wrote a book, I'd say two books, right? I have now at this point written two books. On improv. Yeah. Which no one asked him to do, but he did it anyway for Fun. the... Well, it's, it's a noble endeavor. <laughs> yeah. He co-hosts a podcast. I'm going to say right away, he co-hosts two podcasts. But That's the right. one he co-hosts with his brother is called Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, which is about comic books. And yeah. he also hosts a podcast about the Beatles. Yes. Maybe you've heard of them. Yes. It's maybe a band. A, it's a band from Liverpool, and they were big in the 60s. And Welcome. no other time. Mm -hmm. What's that one called? Screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> Welcome, Will Hines. Hey. Thank you for being here, Will. My pleasure. Thank you for coming all the way from Las Feliz, California. That is correct. To an undisclosed location. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've probably brought out before. We've disclosed the location I'm going to put the address on Twitter. Uh, Will, what are we here to talk about We're today? here. To talk about the movie Brain Donors, the 1992 comedy Brain Donors, which was a sort of modern version of a Marx Brothers movie. Mm -hmm. And I love it, and I think not a lot of people know about it, and a lot of the people who do know about it hate it, and I think they're wrong. Another name they had for the movie, supposedly, was Lame Ducks that they <laughs> right, right. had to get rid of. Yeah. Because the ownership of... Something went down with the studio. Like, I don't even really know the story... I couldn't find the story online. I, I just the, knew the movie's, there is. The movie's not big enough for anybody to worry about. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like Apocalypse Now is a movie where every little inch of its history has been like documented by a hundred people. But the movie Brain Donors has been left severely undercovered uh, by the Hollywood reporting industry. There's the experience I had watching it as a fan. So I was like 22 when it came out. And then like years later, would sort of pick up small pieces of information about it. How but, many times would you say you've seen this movie? Before? Now, is it bad if that number is low? It's the truth. I do love this movie. I sat with my two brothers. We talk about it all the time. I've seen it twice. Do you Not include the time that you saw it for this podcast? No. Did you see it for this podcast? Yes. So that's number okay. three. Uh, now, are you and your two brothers, do you fill Marx Brothers archetypes? No, but I way? wish we did. I wish we did. <laughs> We're all Zeppos. <laughs> now, Will... Um, yeah. You wanted to originally bring in a Marx Brothers movie, right? Right. We were going to, my original, one of my original pitches for this podcast was the Marx Brothers movie Animal Crackers. Uh, because of the Marx Brothers movies, I think that one's not appreciated. But, you know, it's still revered. Like, if you're any film buff is going to tell you that that's a good movie and comedy nerds love Animal Crackers. And Horse Feathers. Uh, Horse Feathers too. Yeah, I love that movie, and I think that's on Duck Soup is the Marx Brothers movie that everybody loves, which is mm -hmm. great. And it or Night of the Opera, right? Or Night of the Opera, and I think that Animal Crackers and Horse Feathers are better than Night of the Opera, and maybe even better than Duck Soup. And but you know we're splitting hairs here because like Animal Crackers is a beloved movie. I mean it's 
If you haven't seen Animal Crackers and you are a comedy fan, I recommend it. It's a quite a it's quite a strange movie, which is another part of the reason I like it. But so you know, we were you know, Sasha and I were talking about this back and forth, and then I remembered Brain Donors, which was like basically a Marx Brothers movie done in 1992 with modern actors and a modern story. But it it really is like a Marx. It's based on Night of the Opera, but only very loosely. But the reason I bring this up is that's how I got into the Marx Brothers. I didn't get into the Marx Brothers directly. Hmm. My brothers and I went to see this movie, which was out for like a week. Like it was out for almost no time <laughs> at all. I saw that online. I read about that. There it was, it barely was, had any release. It was barely out at all. And my brothers and I saw it in Danbury, Connecticut, which is like this small town in Connecticut. It's is not, that where you're from? That's where I'm from. And, but what I'm saying, it's not like we were in New York City where, you know, if a movie is released anywhere, it's in New York and L.A., at some art theater, right? Yeah. This was like, I don't know how it was in our Main Street Theater at Danbury, Connecticut, but we saw it the week it was out. We loved it. It was gone immediately. Nobody talked about it. I was stunned. And we liked it so much that we then started watching Marx Brothers movies because of it. Like, we went the other way. Hmm. How old did you say? Did you say 22? I was 20, 21. I was I, 21 when this Are you came the out. youngest? I'm the oldest. The oldest. Yeah, my brothers are five and seven, so they would have been um, 16 and, and 14 when we saw it. We, but we were, you know, emotionally, you know, uh, arrested. I mean, like, we were way, we were young for our age, mm. if, that, if that helps. Like, I would, I would say we were all 10 years younger emotionally at any point in our lives <laughs> than our biological number. Like, How much younger are you now than you actually I would say that I am currently 15 years emotionally younger than my, I am 48 and I feel like I'm 33 okay. emotionally. Well, uh, nobody cares in society, but that's where I feel like I'm at. I'm like, I'd be a great 33-year-old. I'd be outstanding. It's good to put it out into society and to yeah. see maybe somebody will care. Yeah. This is the this is the way to do that's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Brain Donors is like this modern Marx Brothers movie. And um, yeah, it was called, so it, was called, it had some weird, originally it was produced by the Zucker Brothers. And these are the guys yeah. who did Airplane and Naked Gun. And especially at this time, right? Like. They have since sort of become like, they're, they're, I don't know, they're seen sort of as old school or out of touch or something. But like in 1991, like that's when the Naked Gun was out and like a big hit uh, or maybe Naked Gun two and a half. But like they, they were relatively modern and even Airplane, which came out in 1980, still loomed large in like comedy landscape in 1992. The Zucker Brothers meant something, you know, and so it's like, oh, the Zucker Brothers are producing a Marx Brothers style movie was what my brothers and I heard somehow. We're like, let's go see it. That sounds good. If it's Zucker Brothers, we're in. <laughs> and then the then somehow, by the time the movie was released, they had bailed on it. They like abandoned it. Oh, or really? Left it. They their names Again, not. Some not... drama will never know. Hmm. Yeah. The, the story Either it got taken it. away from them, or they walked away from it. So they're actually not. Their name is not on the final picture as producers. They're hmm. not associated with it. It's Dennis Dugan as the director yeah, and some who now is famous for making all of the Adam Sandler late period Adam Sandler movies that are generally maligned. Uh, and he was an actor before this, I think. He was an actor for a while. Hmm. I think. But um I don't know. So it's like we went to see this movie for the Zucker brothers. They ended up not being involved. And it's a really strange film. Yeah. Because instead of remaking just a Marx Brothers movie, instead of doing like A Night at the Opera, which is, you know, famous Marx Brothers movie, instead of like redoing that, they did like a Marx Brothers-ish movie with three stars who a Groucho, Harpo, and Chico type person, but they're not exactly 
Groucho, Harpo, and Chico. Like Harpo, one of the things was he didn't speak. Right. But this Harpo talks up a storm. Yes. But he does have a big trench coat with props and stuff, and he does a lot of physical comedy. The Groucho character, John Turturro, is the closest. He's pretty much just Groucho. Mm-hmm. But then Chico's like not at all like what Chico was. He's British. He's British, and he's uh, basically not involved that much in the right. film. He's got sort of a Polish last name, I thought. Melonchek. <laughs> mm. well, I just meant the actor is British. Yeah. Right, right. But the character, he speaks with a British accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But his last yeah. name doesn't sound it right. Should we look into sort of like the summary of this film, Stephen? Sure, yeah. So as as Will mentioned, uh, John Turturro is, is filling the Groucho Marx role. Uh, you've got uh, Bob Nelson was a stand-up comedian. Yes, I who I also loved a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He's playing Jacques, who is filling the Harpo role. And then Mel Smith uh, is playing Rocco Melanchek, the Chico role. Yeah. Well, the movie opens with an extended sequence of Jacques getting ready for the day. Yes. Uh, very Pee Wee Herman. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is very Pee Wee Herman, yeah. yeah. And by the uh, way, what a nice trick of him, nice stunt of him changing his old flowers for the new ones by putting on... Two like, bungee cords. Two bungee cords and just jumping out of the window, quickly picking up the new flowers, yeah. uh, plucking them out, and then returning back. I like uh, that he wakes up by hitting his alarm clock with a sledgehammer <laughs> and then opening up the top drawer of his dresser and there's all these broken clocks and he sho- shoves that in there. Then the drawer beneath it has all these new clocks. That's when I saw it and I was like, oh, it's this type of humor this movie's yeah, yeah. going to be. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> but then the the plot as, as it is kicks in and uh, we learn that the family that Jacques works for, he's a, a, like a groundskeeper. type. Yeah, yeah. A groundskeeper. The patriarch has died, yeah. and uh, the his widow, uh, Lillian Oglethorpe, played by Nancy Marchand, uh, and this older woman figure is prominent in many Marx films. Yeah, Marx the, the films. Margaret Dumont character mm. would always be this like older, rich woman that Groucho would take advantage of. Yeah, she's literally in every movie. Yeah, Marx Brothers or clips. That if you if that's what you did, you looked up a few clips <laughs> before this podcast. You'd see research. Margaret Dumont. Yes, yeah. you would see her in every single one. Yeah, and and so uh, the Groucho character Roland T. Flackfizer ha- has insinuated himself into her life previously. Yeah, and. Uh, she wants him to be present for this reading of the will. Jacques and Rocco ostensibly now work for Roland. He hires them. Yeah. In the will, the late patriarch of this family has stated that he's his, one of his last wishes is that a ballet company be set up in his name. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, he states that the the person who manages this company is going to receive an annual salary. Of $500,000. Yeah. Which uh, Roland, who is literally an ambulance chaser, cannot... On foot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that's really funny, too. When we first meet him, we see an ambulance coming over the hill, and then he's running behind it. I he think knows that's all the really shortcuts. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roland can't uh, pass up that chance at $500,000, so he enters into competition with Edmund Laszlo, also a lawyer for the family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, they... And he's trying to, Torturo is trying to, or Flatfizer, the Groucho guy, is trying to scam his way, and the other dude is more of a legit contender, but he's also kind of slimy and evil. Yeah, yeah. He's, so we, know, we, he's we root for our ambulance chaser. <laughs> right, because yeah. he's funny. He's funny. They uh, He tries to woo the world famous, uh, what's the character's name? 
Volare. Yeah, the great Volare. The great Volare. Yeah, I used to know him when he was a pretty good Volare. I pretty much love Like, this is just one of my favorite lines in the movie. Uh, but also, there are two uh, lovers who are also in the ballet Star world. Star-crossed lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lisa LeBaron and Alan Grant. Not the Sam Neill character from Jurassic Park. This is a different Alan Grant. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. Played by an actor who feels like Christian Bale, both visually and oh, the but, way that he speaks. Oh, yeah. Uh, he does have a little Christian Bale going yeah. with him. Yeah. But this is the and same the, year and that this, Newsies came out. And this out, plot so. is like um, from Night of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Like there was an opera company and there was like a really arrogant star that was a jerk and there was an up-and-coming nice guy star. And then Marx Brothers want to help the nice guy and they don't want to not help the snobby star. Yeah, and that's basically what the rest of the movie is, is uh, this... This. Them foiling the lawyer rival and the great Valari, getting, you know, messing him up and helping out the two lovers and trying to get Roland the job. Yeah, they've set up the dominoes and they let them fall, and it's just uh, bits for. Lots of disguises, uh, shenanigans mm-hmm. of all sorts. The movie is 80 minutes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it nice is and tight, clean. just the way I like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Marx Brothers movies, especially earlier ones, they are about 85 minutes. I yeah, they're, they're really, really short. And that's with two long harp solos. The original Marx Brothers movies always take a break for Harpo to play the harp. And those scenes are boring. You've got to skip that. Hmm. So there's really, there's only, and then there was a couple of dramatic scenes that are dumb in old Marx Brothers movies. Basically like an hour of Marx Brothers. And then half an hour of harp solos and dramatic stuff hmm. in the old Marx Brothers movies. But, um, so Brain Donors is like, I think Brain Donors is dumb. Like, um, nobody talked, when it came out, like it came and it sunk and it left. Hmm. I mean, it was gone in a week. Well, it wasn't advertised either, right? So the studio did not back it, but I don't. It was. I don't think people were like loving it either. I mean, it's a very corny movie. It made its domestic total gross is nine hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Uh, didn't what quite was crack the that million. Ten. There is no reported budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie is not documented. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just so interested. I would be so interested to hear. I don't how know. John Turturro ended up. In well, because that Alec Baldwin turned it down. Did you know really? that? Yes. No, I didn't know that. Totoro's great in it. I love Totoro in this. Amazing this in is it. like the Sean Penn is going to be in the Three Stooges movie of the 90s. I guess that was in the 90s, too. Yeah. It, it, you know, the, so there's lots of corny jokes, so, sort of, you know, like the Marx Brothers, but really more like Airplane. Like, Airplane has, like, tons of jokes, and this movie kind of has just, like, lots of... It has one of my favorite jokes ever in all of movies. Uh, which I'm now going to tell you, Please. which is when the two lovers, I've, things have gone awry, and our three protagonists are gathered around the young Christian Bale-ish guy lover, trying to soothe him, and the guy goes, oh, it's all my fault. And uh, Bob Nelson, the Harpo guy, goes, oh, so it's your fault, and just attacks him. I saw that oh, <laughs> just this morning. And I love that line. It was great. And my brother and I will still quote that to each other. Whenever anybody says, oh, it's all my fault, we're like, oh, so it's your fault, huh? It's like turning on the person who's feeling bad. My favorite joke in the film, and I had to play it for my boyfriend because I like to play a joke like that for him to just remind him how innocent my sense of humor is. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, early in the beginning, still in the setup, sort of somebody says, oh, this is nonsense. And Flag Pfizer says, that's not nonsense. This is nonsense. And he just points to the off camera where Jacques just starts acting like an ape, but he keeps doing it for like a good 30 seconds, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. ends with him biting off and chewing on a candle. 
and i just love that because i just love like how long this goes on i love it too oh that's that's great i mean that's why i like angie tribeca to me is a very funny tv show mm, i think mm, it's a very mm. similar type of humor yeah, ah, like i'll check it out like, yeah like airplane mm-hmm. i like uh there's a scene in the movie toward the end where they're talking about how the opera the ballet is going to be the next night and uh torturo goes it's a very formal affair do we all have tuxedos and then the Harpo character goes, yes. And he rips off the clothes he currently has, and he's already wearing a tuxedo under his clothes. And then the and then Groucho, or Flat Pfizer, says, um, well, that's really good, but it's tomorrow. Don't you think you're a little overdressed for today? He goes, all set. Rips his tuxedo off, and he's got other clothes underneath that. <laughs> and then Tortillo's like, well, I'm, I'm very impressed. But then for some reason what really makes me laugh is then Jacques says, I don't have suitcases. <laughs> To like explain well, like I travel, I why travel he's light. wearing yeah. all of his clothes. Yeah, because he and does he that says repeatedly. It so passionately, like it just really makes me laugh. This joke does get recycled quite a bit, and it's still funny every mm-hmm. time it comes on. As early as his introduction in the movie, I think, uh, doesn't he rip off his pajamas? He's got other clothes got underneath his, him. His day clothes underneath. <laughs> <laughs> My brothers and I really liked it. We just we just thought it was so silly and dumb and funny. And uh, talked to our friends about it. No one had even heard of it. It was like we had gone into an alternate dimension <laughs> and seen a movie. And the title is dumb. Like, I don't know why it's called Brain Donors. It doesn't make any sense. And But Lame Ducks doesn't make any sense <laughs> they said, either. Uh... Supposedly, Brain Donors, they tried to use Lame Ducks in, like, a test the audience. And the audience is, like, not responding at all. Didn't want to see Lame Ducks. And that must be a, They must have been trying to reference Duck Soup with that title, right? Yes. Right. Like, not a very effective name for. A Although movie there is a own. dog shooting sequence true. during the ballet. Yes, that's, that's right. True. I love it. Which is hilarious. <laughs> so they do like a Swan Lake type They're of. Doing Swan Lake, and then the Jean characters dressed as Big Swan, and then Groucho and Chico come out dressed as duck hunters and are hunting him in the ballet. Supposedly, brain donors as the title caused more people to get interested in the movie while they were testing. Yeah. Because it sounded, oh, brain donors, does it have to do with science? Uh, you know, there's a good uh, you know doctor scene though when they all disguise as doctors and there's a really great banter they're having trying to sound scientific when they analyze x-rays in mm-hmm. front of their the antagonist yeah and i think it's just like a most brilliantly written passage from the movie when yes they, i love that too yeah they go back and forth discussing the liver is it liver no i don't think so and it, like I, I can't remember what the banter is but it's hilarious <laughs> yeah I like the little lie that they tell when the antagonist recognizes them and goes, wait a minute, are you, the, you, you look like the people who are trying to ruin the ballet or whatever. He's like, no, no, those, that's not us. Uh, those are our, we're completely different people. Those are our twin brothers. And we're never in the same room because we're married to the same women. <laughs> and then uh, Torturo says, that's next on Geraldo. And right. I, remember, I remember like watching that and being like, this movie's good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't shy away from what were at the time contemporary references you know yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're they're very aware of the fact that this movie is happening in 1992 yeah and so are we when we watch it today because women are portrayed pretty poorly they sure yes, yes, are yes. yeah which unfortunately is right in line with the old Marx brothers movies mm-hmm. um, although they were made 60 years apart right <laughs> yeah yeah women are objects and trophies in this film mm-hmm. and groucho is always talking about dating underage girls yeah uh, there's a lot of those jokes yeah like um, from the vietnamese yeah we were all vietnamese that he jumped on to yeah. oh no he we were in the war together and i jumped on an 18 year old vietnamese girl to save his life oh, mm-hmm. so good. also they manipulate 
uh, Laszlo so that it seems like he's in bed with a buxom blonde. And yes. Groucho says that she's 14 and he knows that because he dated her last year. Right, right, right. Uh, and also there's a lot of jokes at the expense of Miss Oglethorpe about how she's a, Manly. a, a cow and mm-hmm. a man. And, mm-hmm. Which uh, they, would, they would make similar jokes to Margaret Dumont. Actually, they really didn't make fun of her for looking manly. Hmm. Um, they would occasionally make fun of her for being sort of matronly, like not being like a young, hot thing or whatever in the old Marx. But I know that Groucho would occasionally neigh when he was next to Margaret du- Dumont mm. <laughs> after she talked. Uh, but that was only now and then. That wasn't like a constant thing. Just it's an occasional neigh. I mean, would you say that this film, Brain Donors, is a typical farce, right? I mean, Typical farce. It's a type of dumb movie that the Zucker brothers brought into vogue with Airplane. Mm-hmm. Like, I think before Airplane... So, this, I mean, this type of movie is an old-school type of jokey joke movie like Marx Brothers, right? Which the world kind of got tired of. I mean, early Woody Allen movies have an aspect of this, but in smaller doses. And then Airplane showed up in 1980, and it had was just ch- chock full of these type of silly jokes. Yeah, like the joke per minute rate in Airplane is off Insane. the charts. Yeah. Same with Brain Donors. Lots of jokes. Mm-hmm. Every is, line is a joke. Pretty much, yeah. And like this is in the Zucker Brothers model, even though their names are not on it and they bailed on the movie or whatever. It's inspired by them. And I think that's why people don't like it. Like it just feels old. It feels like an older type of humor. You know, just like two years later, Dumb and Dumber would come out. And that is a farce. But... I mean, Dumb and Dumber is a deliberately really silly movie with lots of dumb jokes, but it still looks like a modern movie. The production, mm, I see what the, you mean. The pace is like more relaxed. They do have like a plot in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey is insane, but Jeff Daniels is like more muted and like calm. This one, it's just like wall to wall insanity. And so, if you compare those two, Dumb and Dumber, you know, incredible huge smash that everybody loved. Brain donors. <laughs> I mean, I love that brain donors is nothing. It makes me love it more. Yeah, I guess so. Like the story setup of a widow with a dowry behind her, right? And yeah, characters trying to like charlatan characters going in this adventure. I think yeah, like that storyline has been used over and over, mm-hmm. and. Maybe the audience was tired of it when they saw. I mean, I can even use other Jim Carrey movies to compare it. Like, there's two pet detective, there's two Ace Ventura pet detective Mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. First one was big hit, and it's a dumb movie on purpose. It's like super stupid. It has aged badly, but but it like, but it was like a hit. And then Ace Ventura two, when Nature Calls came out. And it is a Marx Brothers style movie where there's like a butler in it who is like always like sighing and like huffing and puffing over Ace's antics. And there's like a rich person who's Ace is trying to con him out of money. And that movie didn't do great. Like when nature calls, it didn't do great. Like people don't like a movie if it feels old, even if it's done well. But the Heinz Brothers do. We were really (laughs) on board with brain donors and it made us watch the Marx Brothers which is crazy. It's like getting into the Beatles because you hear the monkeys, and you're like, "Oh, well, maybe I'll check out these Beatles. I really like the monkeys." Do you think you know this I mean? movie Brain Donors would benefit from having musical numbers? Um, probably not. Probably not. Do you think so? 
I, I can see it having decent. I mean, it might numbers. be nice to have like a break, right? There it's was like a, there was one musical number in it, right? The like ballet, sort of the, the acapella one, not the acapella. Oh yeah, the um when they're in jail. Yeah. Oh right, yes. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Occasional Marx Brothers movies had them, right? Like the earlier ones, they had musical numbers. Oh, they all had musical numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. all had musical numbers because they the Marx Brothers were originally big on Broadway. Broadway. And so the first Marx Brothers movies, like Animal Crackers, was like a hit Broadway play, and they adapted it into a movie, and they kept some of the songs. There was fewer songs in the movie than in the play. And the um, Coconuts, like they're all Coconuts based was a play. in New York, right? Like these, even the movie's versions, they were all based in New, based York. New York. And filmed in New York. Coconuts filmed. was filmed in Queens, um, the first Marx Brothers movie. And Coconuts is like just sort of okay. It's like partly good, partly bad. Animal Crackers is all great, I think. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know what would have saved this movie. I mean, I, I think it would need a fundamental shift. Like it's just everything is dumb the whole time, and I think people get tired of it. Well, and I maybe disagree. if the underlying spoiler alert, because I disagree with those people. <laughs> you I, like this movie? I love this movie. I'm glad to hear it. Like I looked up the Rotten Tomato score just today. I had never checked it, and like the critic score is something like 43 percent. Yeah, there's only, I think, six or seven reviews there to begin with. I mean, it wasn't even out that long. But then the audience score is like 86% Hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, that does make sense. I think it's like more fun to watch than it is like truly a good movie. Like you can't call it a good movie. I love it. And I'm sure I don't feel like I can't call it a good movie, but I do love it. It's definitely corny as I'll get out. I mean, I, I, I can't excuse it. But Torturo's Groucho was really impressive to me. I would just be so interested to find out how he ended up in this. You said Alec Baldwin turned it, turned down. it down. Bob Nelson, the guy who played Jacques, the Harpo character, was like kind of a big stand-up, and he was a mm. real goofy stand-up. I remember seeing him like on stand-up specials at that time, and he was just like, I mean, his stuff has really aged badly, but he would like, he had a whole football player's routine where he would have like a, re- a tight red shirt on. He had two balloons. And he would like put the balloons on his shoulders to be like shoulder pads and then do a variety of football characters and then move them to his chest into a variety of female characters. Mm. And like when I was 12 or whatever, I was like, he's a genius. <laughs> and the shoulder pads joke is in the movie, right? Like when he takes his shoes, when he's in the audience, he takes his yeah. shoes and puts them in the shoulder pads. Yeah, he's got that Bob Nelson. He's making it work. Um, it looks like he's David Byrne with that big suit. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the movie that I found out later was taken from Marx Brothers movies. Mm. Like when the ballet starts and Groucho comes up with the microphone or Flat Pfizer comes up with the microphone and is like sort of a... Announcer for the Yeah, game. sports announcer for the ballet. Like they did that in Duck Soup for a court case. Mm. And um, the duck hunting thing was in from a Marx Brothers movie, I think. And that when they rip up the blank contract into several small shreds, and they're split, and that's their way of splitting the salary amongst themselves. But everybody's trying to rip each other off, and that—that's that's a version of a Marx Brothers routine. Speaking of the audience in the theater that is watching the ballet performance, it was it was interesting to me that the way the writers went was, oh, they are going to be on board, but not super on board with how it's going. <laughs> like, because yeah. there's a version of this film where the audience is like. This is even better than just the regular ballet. Yeah. But they're like sort of offended. And at some point they get up and they're ready to leave because of all the shenanigans they've it's, been watching. Yeah. They they love, it seems like they love everything until Valare throws up. And, and then they're then instantly they're super upset. offended. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, then they see the two star-crossed lovers perform and by the way they're not that good at dancers like they're okay ballet dancer but they <laughs> think they're amazing the great ballet was good though yeah yeah they stop it they stop and sit down and they watch and it ends up being a huge success this show yes yes uh miss oglethorpe even says we're a hit uh yeah. just based on how the audience received that finale well how do you like the claymation part of this movie will I, I loved it at the time, but Claymation was like all the rage when this movie came out. It was like nobody could get over Claymation. Like they loved it in their California Raisins commercials. They loved it in PSAs. Uh, what do they call those? Uh, public service announcements. Um, Sesame Street episodes. Like Claymation was just all the rage in America. America could not get enough of it. Right. The movie started and I, I was just wondering, why is this in here? Because this certainly isn't what the Marx Brothers did. <laughs> Not a lot of claymation in uh, Night at the Opera or Day at the Races, but, uh, you know, it's it's very goofy. Have you seen Night at the Opera and Day, Day at the Races? I've I've only seen Duck Soup. Same here, actually. Duck Soup's probably the most modern one. That probably makes sense. I mean, I believe the reason that I've seen it is because it's one of Roger Ebert's, quote-unquote, the great films. Yeah. He had that series where he would write about I love Duck his Soup. all-time favorites. I love it. But Animal Crackers I like a little better because um, it's stranger. I mean, we- weirdly, the thing that makes Animal Crackers probably a less fun movie is what makes me like it more. Like, there's just long takes of a camera completely locked off in Animal Crackers and huge pauses between lines. I mean, they filmed a play, basically, and they didn't necessarily speed it up. And it makes it weird, and I love it. And all of Margaret Dumont's line readings in Animal Crackers are insane. At some point, they ask her how she's doing. How do you feel, uh, Mrs. whatever her name is, Rittenhouse? And she goes, I am fascinated. But it's like out of, it's like, what, fascinated? She just said, asked how you were. Like, you just say good or something. So I think we're learning that most people probably didn't see this film. This film was, yeah. no one knows about it. Like, if you ask about brain donors, like your boyfriend had heard of it, Sasha, and I'm, that's amazing. He, he hasn't said, just yeah. he saw it twenty times according to him. I mean, he probably seen it ten times. I just because I just I, know he tends to exaggerate. It wasn't. Um, I don't think it was ever like on cable. Like he said, he saw it on HBO. Uh, maybe it reran on HBO. But one of the reasons why I'd only seen it twice is it just doesn't come up like on television. Like Dumb and Dumber, for example. Mm-hmm. That movie just plays a lot on television. Like you can just casually run into Dumb and Dumber. You don't casually run into brain donors. You can't <laughs> even rent it online for money. You no. have to buy it. Yeah, you have to buy it for like 12 or 13 bucks or something. Yeah, so yeah. now I own brain donors <laughs> on iTunes. Luckily, you really enjoyed it. Luckily, I really <laughs> loved it. Have you ever met anyone who is a fan of this movie? Is Jay, is have, Sasha's boyfriend the first person? First person I've met who even has heard of it. <laughs> no one's heard of this movie. My current crop of comedy friends are all like 10 years younger than me, basically. And 92 is just before they were watching every dumb comedy that came out. If the equivalent dumb movie that came out in 1998, all my current friends would, like, Freddy Got Fingered mm. is a movie that all of my comedy friends have seen, whether they like it or not. They they know Freddy Got Fingered. Mm-hmm. And that movie was not that big and yeah. didn't last that long. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good comparison. But point. I mean, I'm pretty good. Fingered is bigger than brain donors, but not like a lot bigger. And um, I don't know, man. It, it makes me. Lo- we saw that. We went to see it in the theater, and then the next week it was gone. We couldn't believe it. We're like, it's gone already. <laughs> like it wasn't that bad. But also, there was nobody in the theater when we went to see it. Like, 
uh, yes, there was no marketing behind it, but there was there wasn't going to be strong word of mouth. Do you see this film? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Do you see this film being remade today, or a version of this film made today? I can't imagine it. And whenever I've written any comedy sketches myself in this style, they bomb so hard. People do not like this style anymore. It really bums me out. Describe how as specific as you can the genre slash the style of this comedy, right? Because we know it's a farce. Mm-hmm, we know there's mm-hmm, a lot of slapstick mm-hmm. going on. Uh-huh. Is there anything else that you'd like? We know it's crazy number of jokes per second, right? Mm. How else would you describe this style? I think it's like, I, it's easier for me to explain why it doesn't work anymore. Um, I guess the style is fast-talking con man who is supposed to be smart and charming getting the best of everybody through like lots of lying and cowardly acts. And Which is Gr- uh, Groucho Marx, right? It's Groucho like, Marx, it's Bob Hope, but like it's been replaced by like Bill Murray is kind of once Bill Murray came along, hmm. this seemed out of date. Like so Groucho's the original uh and he was great at it and a, and a huge star because of it. And then like Bob Hope came along and Bob Hope was kind of like doing a version of Groucho the coward and the liar and he was kind of like he was different but like it was in the same mold and the same kind of crazy dumb jokes and bob hope would like look at the camera a lot and like make jokes right to the audience you know if you watch the bob hope bing crosby movies but it was it was right in line with groucho and early woody allen i know woody allen is now a bad person we don't like to talk about but like back when he was just a successful comedian he was very much a groucho Marx, bob hope style coward liar and then Bill Murray came along and was like a kind of cool operator mm-hmm. and Michael Keaton and they like replaced it. It's like, oh, now you can't be, you have to be sort of good looking and kind of cool and you can't be too desperate and you also can't be that like mean to women right, all the time. you're huggable. You're huggable. You're, you're, you're more charming you. yeah. and like you're, you're, you have a family probably. And so all of a sudden the old archetype is gone now and it like, Jim Carrey came close to kind of doing the sort of thing again, but he he also has probably missed more than he's hit. Like when he hits, he hits so big. But even by the time Liar Liar came out, people were like getting tired of like Jim Carrey's noise, <laughs> right? Mm. At least at least among cool like hip comedy fans or whatever. <laughs> um, so, but this is kind of like an old school Bob Hope, Groucho Marx, loud fast talking smarter than you other people aren't even noticing that you're making jokes you know the part of ghostbusters where they're the ghostbusters are meeting with the mayor and the mayor wants to and the ghosts are swarming all over manhattan and the mayor's like what's going on out there and uh dan Aykroyd says well we had all the ghosts contained in our unit until dickless here shut down the system and the mayor goes is this true and bill murray goes that's true this man has no dick do you remember that part that was like a little bit of like a Groucho moment yeah. in the movie. And Groucho just does that every time he opens his mouth. Right. Every line he says is, this is man like, has no dick. This man has no dick. And it's like it kind of smarter than you, clever little whatever. And it gets, it, I don't know, like people don't like that much of that, I think. And I women know. are always a subject of punchline, right? Like They're this, just like, oh, I fucked her. And like, oh, what a little slut. Over. I mean, they don't use those so terms. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I think like. I, I I can't explain why that ever worked, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Like people, uh, it's sort of like you know, my the old ball and chain here, the the comedy trope of like the henpecked little man and the bossy wife screaming at him 
uh, the idea of that little henpecked man saying something wise back to her was hugely popular. I don't well, know. I'm telling you, like when I was growing up in Siberia, that stereotype was still pretty mainstream. Yeah. In, in comedy. In comedy, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like just seeing movies from like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like it was still happening quite a bit. I mean, it's still, you know, like that was a, an aspect of everybody loves Raymond, you know. There's versions it, of it always. They just yeah. kind of adapt to the times in terms of how harsh, how soft. Married with children, you know. Mm. Um, there's always like the husband. Comp- even The Simpsons has little bits of it. I mean, it's probably a much sweeter version. But, you know, Marge trying to keep her dumb husband in line. Um, but I have to say that um, just before this recording watching the clips because i haven't seen duck soup in a while and also i was just watching a bunch of clips of marx brothers and i was recognizing the same type of humor mm-hmm. as we're talking about brain donors and i was not connecting nearly as much with the marx brothers with mm-hmm. groucho mm-hmm. as i was with brain donors can you, do you why do you think you that is why? that's interesting i you know <clears throat> I can't lie and say that it has nothing to do with the time difference, right? So, like, being from 1930s, I think it is quite a bit of a distance for me. And I think mm-hmm. I'm not that much of a comedy nerd or Hollywood nerd, Hollywood film nerd, mm-hmm. to really appreciate movies from that far back or even mm-hmm. comedy from that far back. Like, I need something a little closer to me, I think. Yeah. Like, my boyfriend, again, like, he loves Preston Sturgis. Like, he can watch his movies all day long if he's right, a right. chance. I'm like, cool, I like it. Okay, you like it all right. I like it all right, but I'd much rather not watch that. There's yeah, actually, war- like, setups like farce mm-hmm. usually don't appeal to me. And, in fact, I think that Brain Donors is an exception as to why I really responded to this type of humor. Mm. I think it's because the absurd parts of it, this slapsticky, like sort of like pulling out a giant hammer out of nowhere. Yeah. Or like, yeah, disguise. I don't know. Like they just like overshadowed. The meanness? The meanness or the coldness maybe of that mm-hmm. type of humor, the fast talking, fast yeah, like fast talking man. I don't know. When you watched... That's really interesting to me. When you watch the Marx Brothers clips today, did you did you see a fair amount of both Groucho bits and Harpo bits? I watch mostly Groucho. Because I, th- I think that from from what you're saying, Harpo would would do better with you. Because mm, like this is interesting. Harpo was sweeter and nice. His jokes generally weren't mean. Uh, they were super visual. Um, his physical comedy is pretty incredible. And I don't think Groucho works without Harpo to, like, balance him out. And Chico's basically, like, a non-entity in these movies. I mean, I grab my Marx Brothers fans that probably get mad at me for that. But <laughs> he makes some puns, and you probably need him for pacing. But, like, nobody quotes a Chico joke. You quote Groucho and Harpo bits. They, they were the two heavy lifters of the Marx Brothers humor and totally different. Yeah, And yet the Chico was the oldest, and then Harpo was the next oldest, and Groucho was the youngest. But he's was, like the dominant alpha. There was alpha Manny, the seventh one, who died at seven months of age. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I did see that on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mostly I mostly responded to actually Groucho jokes, though, and brain donors. Like, I really loved when he said, again, like I probably brought it up, like when he said, uh, 
I knew Volari when he was pretty good Volari. And yeah, yeah. How he says it. I right? knew the great Volari when he was the pretty good Volari. Yeah, it's it's a good joke <laughs> to me. It's very stupid, yeah. but it's also how he says it. Yeah. To me, the delivery is so amazing. It's like how you say it, the technique behind it is a lot of times what gets catches my eye and I have to go like 10 times sometimes watch it over and over how do you do it that this line is not just funny but insanely funny I don't know I don't know man like I did not connect this morning to all Marx Brothers clips but mm, thank you for trying I tried yeah, yeah I, I wanted to I, come in prepared no that's that's nice of you yeah. I, I do think my um my brother Kevin so I, I do improv at the UCB Theater, and my brother, Kevin, who saw Brain Owners with me, does improv at the UCB Theater in New York. And so he and I have been like, I don't know, we have shared a lot of the same comedy influences growing up and stuff like that. And He's we, the one that by five or seven years apart from me. He is five years uh -huh. younger than me. And uh, like we loved Brain Donors. And whenever we would like a certain type of farcical movie, like a Zucker Brothers movie like Top Secret or this old Woody Allen movie called Love and Death, that we both love, or old Marx Brothers movies like Animal Crackers and Horse Feathers, nobody else liked them. Like, he and I would both like them, and I think our youngest brother liked them too. But normal people, we'd be like, oh, did you ever see uh, Animal Crackers? People are like, yeah, I got bored. I turned it off. I'd be like, oh. Did you ever see Love and Death? And this is before we all hated Woody Allen. Did you ever see Love and Death? People are like, yeah, that, I can't get into that movie. That's, like, just too stupid. And I was like, man, for some reason that movie lights me on fire. <laughs> and, uh, and Animal Crackers and Brain Donors too. I don't know. Well, they're, they're all. I mean, Brain Donors is more similar to Airplane than it is to Animal Crackers, even though it's borrowing or Night of the Opera, even though it's based on Night of the Opera. The pacing and stuff. It, yeah. Do, do you like the movie Airplane? Have I do s like Airplane. And do you um, like Top Secret or the other Zucker Brothers movies? Or um, I can't remember Top Secret, but I Naked feel like Gun? I've seen it. Sure, How? Naked Gun is a lot of fun. Yeah. What mm -hmm. about National Lampoon? Like, I mean, that's also farcical. Yes. Yeah. Like va Vacation. Yeah, a Vacation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Let's... Yes, Weekend at Bernie's is very... I think Weekend at Bernie's is closer to brain donors than other things. Like, Weekend at Bernie's is pretty big. People like that movie. Yeah. I, and I, as far as like more contemporary stuff, I think the the work of the members of the state kind of carries on. Sometimes, yeah, the state would do like, some of that, yeah. Like What Hot American Summer has yes. the kind of like arbitrariness that... Well, this is in interesting. Movies. Also, Burn After Reading, all right? Is yeah, I kind of like that. But. I wonder what it would. There's elements of it, and an oh brother, where art thou has some like slapsticky parts. I wonder like if the Cohen brothers tried to do a Marx Brothers movie, what it would be like. Like mm. I think it would be good and like better than this, but it w it wouldn't be that that different. It would somehow just have that Cohen brothers twenty percent attention to detail that would make something different. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Have you guys seen the Lady Killers, the Coen's version? Of oh that? yeah, that was not it, so great. It does. It. I guess it's closer to this than. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is a good example, like farcical and silly and like big characters, mm -hmm. and it, it kind of didn't work, right? Like it's okay. Yeah, it's okay, right? Like yeah. I, I don't think it's as bad as people, people want to shout that it is, but it doesn't fully work. Yeah. I have sort of a, con not confession, but a, a confession to make. Have you guys ever seen or familiar at all with 12 chairs? No. Don't you don't know what is. it is, right? No. So it's in Russia or in Soviet Union. It's like a, a masterpiece, considered to be a masterpiece of comedy. Mm. And it's a novel that's been made into a film quite a bit in Russia, I want to say a bunch of times. Okay. 
And I think it's like one of my most favorite works of literature. And I'm quite a reader, especially Russian literature. At the mm-hmm. time I grew up reading a lot. And the premise is not different. Like I think there's something nostalgic about brain donors for me mm. because I love 12 Chairs. Oh. And 12 Chairs is set in um, very much post-Russian Revolution uh, provincial Russia mm-hmm. where a man who used to be rich and popular in his small town is now works at the registry of marriages and uh, deaths and he's very bored and then he learns from his uh, mother-in-law who is dying so he's a widower of this man and his mother-in-law tells him that she put her expensive jewelry she sewn it into one of the 12 chairs that she no longer knows what those 12 chairs are like they were sold at an auction or something like that Hmm. and so he has to chase this treasure but he does it together with a very fast talking groucho marks like Mm -hmm. um 20 some year old handsome uh womanizer ostap bender and uh, that character, like, I always felt so much affinity for. Like, he's the reason, like, I would always be a rogue in D&D. Like, because ah. I just love that persona of somebody who it can charm your pants off. But he also, I don't know, like, he's chasing something so banal as, you know, money. And he's also broke. And he probably grew up with no parents. I don't know. There's just something very interesting about that character. And so he's constantly making fun of this stuck-up person who used to be so rich and now he has also nothing. And so together this... Together they chase this treasure. And it's a very fascinating book. 12 Chairs by Ilya Elf and Evgeny Petrov. And I remember when I started dating Jay 10 or 11 years ago, I told him to read this book, like if he wants to date me kind of. (laughs) And he read it and he was like, that's pretty great. So I don't know. I think if you love uh, comedy, this translates well actually in English because I recently reread it in English and it's pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah. 12 chairs. So I don't know. Brain donors appeal to me. Like I love a rich widow that's off, off, out of sorts. Like, I just love those characters. They're like really appeal to me. And uh, somebody's taking advantage of somebody because those, I think there's something in me that unfortunately probably causes a lot of trouble in my everyday life of really disliking people who live by the rules, who believe in Mm. money, who believe in everyday, mm, like, gold stars you know the sheeple all right i like i much rather deal with somebody who is mean or a mess but they have something unique about them or they're connected to dreams or interests that they're like truly though themselves like as opposed to something the society tells them to do i don't know and makes me want to check out 12 chairs it's freaking great dude yeah i'll stop bender with his long scarf so in that sense, I immediately connected to Brain Donors, and I was very happy to find out that now I own this movie and I can watch it over and over. Will, do you think if Brain Donors came to the general attention of the public, do you think now in 2019 people would go for it? <laughs> I I wish they would. Mm-hmm. I you know if I could help, <laughs> I would I would like it to be true. You are helping right if now. If I could do something, you are doing it. Um. I would expect it to not work because um, the things that I like the most 
are never beloved by the general public. <laughs> like so the Beatles. The, right. Like the Beatles, like Spider-Man. These things are fringe niche tastes <laughs> that be, most people don't grab onto. Live in the margin of society to really Yeah, you got to be a connection. freak to like the Beatles. <laughs> like a real interesting freak, a real interesting weirdo. Um, should we go to a rating this thing? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sasha, let's, uh, let's hear about your experience. Yeah, it should be pretty easy. I already described how much I freaking <laughs> love brain donors. And I was, yeah. So if National Lampoon or Airplane are at 9 or 10 okay. on the scale, I would put this movie at a happy 8. Hmm. Wow. You, happy I eight. think you rate it higher than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would give it a 7. And it's mostly that it's unknown that I that I feel like it's underrated. What's mm. a ten then for you? Airplane? A ten? Um, yeah. Yeah. Airplane's a ten, and uh, Animal Crackers is a ten. Yeah. Stephen, what I about would, you? I would put Airplane at a ten also. I would maybe put this uh, more at a six. Uh, Stephen mm. is a six kind of guy lately. <laughs> I noticed. I'm a five or six. That's that's my pocket. I've right been there. at twos, dude. I'm at eight now. I go all the way up and down that scale. Uh, you know, I um. I really enjoyed all the jokes. I don't know if I... What you were talking about before, how it's more like Airplane than it is like Marx Brothers movies. I think that, I think that's what I was thinking about while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, each of these men is trying to fill the role of, you know, the Marx Brother that they're right. replicating. And yeah, I think Totoro is the most successful. But also it never... It Very rarely in the movie do the three of them mesh together. Yeah. You know, they don't really, they're it's all true. kind of doing it separately. Yeah. You know, aside from like the very first scene where they're all together and I guess the doctor scene, everything else is pretty much like each of them doing their individual bit. But those pieces are funny and I do, I did enjoy watching it. So yeah, I think I would put it right at a six. All right. Six, Great. seven, and eight. Yeah. Great. Uh, Steven, is there anything from last week that you thought was underrated but got on your radar? Yeah, you know, I in watching this movie, it made me think about another uh, kind of farcical movie from the 90s that I love, uh, 1997's The Wrong Guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, starring Dave, Dave Foley. Foley. Yeah, another great one. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's uh, an unassuming, uh, dumb guy who is worried that he people are going to think that he killed someone. He, he walks in on a man who is dead. And he's concerned that people are going to think he killed the guy. And so he goes on the run, even though no one actually thinks that he <laughs> killed true. him. Uh, yeah. And it's a really funny movie. Uh, I always enjoy it. I love that movie, it. too. I'm going to recommend 12 Chairs by Ilya yeah. Elf and Evgeny Petrov. Will, is there anything you'd like to plug? Well, we, we said it before. My podcast that I do with my brother, I'm trying to get people to check it out. If you're a comic book fan, screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. We are focusing on... The Fantastic Four from the 1960s. We're doing an insane, an insane exploration. And it's, what's crazy how we're doing it, but we're doing like a 20 episode look at the 1960s version of the Fantastic Four that we really love. And then we'll do other comic books after that. So I'd like to, I'd like to plug that. And also my Twitter, uh, Will Hines, W-I-L-L-H-I-N-E-S. I'll sometimes affect a very arrogant persona <laughs> that i enjoy you may or may not buy it you may or may not think it's true so just um you know keep an eye on it if you're into fake arrogance <laughs> thank you elizabeth salute for art thank you to andrew hayworth who's upstairs right now for our theme music and thank you for listening <laughs>